Welcome to Sup Babe. Welcome to Sup Babe. What's it called? Sup Babe. Duh, your one-stop shop for stories, trends, and PSAs so you can live your best life. I'm your host, DJ Rosé, but you can call me Nicole. I'm a serial entrepreneur, fashion lover, and music addict. I'm like Cher from Clueless, but with a little more brains and a little less blonde. And I'm your co-host, Naomi, and well, you can call me Naomi. I'm a beauty enthusiast, lifestyle YouTuber, and a TikTok addict. I'm kind of like Jess from You Girl, an overall lover of life. Love that. Today on the show, we're chatting... Trump and Zuckerberg's dysfunctional relationship, Minneapolis takes a step in the right direction, and witchcraft is back in fashion. Let's get to it. Awesome. So guys, just want to take a second to welcome you to the new show again. Um, We know you loved Cake for Breakfast, but we are so grateful to have you with us on Sup Babe. We heard you, we listened, we know what you loved and didn't love from the last show, and this new show was designed exactly for you. So that's the best part about it, right? Exactly. (laughs) We always want your thoughts, comments, feelings. You can email us anytime with story tips or new ideas at babes at subbabepod.com. So Naomi, what's up, girl? Welcome to your second Sup World series with us. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Still stuck in quarantine, doing the same thing almost, but it's okay. Wait, but, <laughs> wait, but so isn't New York, you know, this week, New York City is finally starting their phase one of opening up, right? I need yes. to like look more into what phase one exactly is, but... Are you brunching? Like, are you going to a park? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, like, we entered phase one today. So, thank the Lord. I am ready to go back out into the city with some friends. I'm excited to start brunching again, taking walks at, like, Washington Square Park, you know, doing the usual city stuff. Just excited to kind of get back in the groove. You're more of a downtown vibe, right? I am. I am. I I avoid the Times Square crowd. I think it's a little hectic. (laughs) It's way too much. Totally agree. Not where you want to be still in the middle of a national pandemic. Exactly. I am like (laughs) still avoiding New York a little bit. I actually (laughs) just got to Columbus. I think many of you know I was hiding out at the beach in Cape May for like three months. (laughs) You were living your best life though. Yeah, I was living my best beach life. Um, It was super fun. Disco is like so sad to be in Columbus. He's on a hunger strike. Oh my god. He won't eat. What? He's so mad that I took him away from the beach. I had to like bring out his favorite treats to like perk him up a little bit today. Aww. Yeah, and I, I'm actually, it's, you know, it's funny. I'm actually at my mom's house right now. And I feel like three months ago when quarantine first started, a lot of people like went through this experience where they went home and they moved in with family and they were like, whoa, this is like really different than I remember it 20 years ago. You know, maybe less. I'm not that old either. <laughs> But I am, like, having that same experience. Uh, The day that we were leaving to drive here, I got an email with, like, a list of 25 rules that I'm to abide by as long as I'm in the house. You have a contract to live there. That is so funny. I know. It's like a roommate agreement, right? I love that. 
I might be heading back to New York sooner than I thought. So we shall see. Right now, none of them are too crazy. But, you know, I have a I have a way of bringing that out in people. So exactly. And then we can brunch again when you're back in the city. And then we can brunch again. I can't wait to be able to go and do normal things with the Sup Babe squad. That would be like a dream come true. So guys, we're going to get into the show today, but one last bit of housekeeping for you. Now, since we're brand new again, we need you to please hit subscribe, hit five stars. You know, if you're feeling frisky, write us a little review. Um, It's the same thing as throwing a follow on Instagram. So we need you to do it please. We love you. (laughs) And just like last week when we did our Whatcha Watchin' seg, we're just going to give you guys a few of our favorite movies and shows recently, just for a much needed laughter right now. For sure. So make sure that you stay tuned to the end for our Whatcha Watchin' update. We wanted to kick off with just a theme of like the irony that is the internet right now. Right. So Trump is considering giving a speech on race. Really don't understand why he would do that. I think he's spoken enough lately. Influencers are using protests at photo ops and then obviously getting canceled. We're so sickened by that, just as you are, if you've seen that. Yeah. But what we're actually here to chat about is this. President Trump recently signed an executive order trying to change legislation that shields social media companies from liability. So like real people talk It makes them not responsible for crazy shit people say on their platforms. And if this law gets overturned, then ironically, they're going to have to censor Trump. Oh, my gosh. There's so much going on in that digital space right now. So, like, what does this mean exactly, though? Do you have any more deets on this? Yeah. So basically, if this goes through, then social media companies will be treated more like platforms, like essentially like news sites. Essentially, that would be changing their identity. So there's a whole greater conversation around this that we don't necessarily have time for today. But what's really interesting here is that two thirds of Americans report getting their news from social media. And four in 10 adults in the U.S. use Facebook for news. I'm not sure what the other six and ten people look at. (laughs) Hopefully they look at some news. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, that's, you know, 60% of Americans getting their news from social media. Like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, like, I for sure, as a Gen Zer, again, um, I for sure get all my news from social media. Like, thank you to Instagram. Thank you to Facebook for keeping me informed and updated. But, you know, I like you told me about this the other day, and I started reading up on some more about this. And so apparently, 51% of 13 to 17 year olds use Facebook. You know, once again here, we're not trying to be the arbiters of what's wrong and what's right, but we really think there's an interesting story around what's going on on Trump versus basically every single social media platform. You know, the 13 to 17-year-olds seeing posts like his that could possibly incite violence, yeah, that's scary because I think when you're at that age, you're in high school, maybe you're, you know, still in middle school, I mean, you're very impressionable. I was, and I'm sure, you know, you remember, I mean, you're a little closer to that age range, so you probably (laughs) remember more of what that was, you know, like than me, Naomi. Exactly. So lots of interesting goodies in this story. I'm sure everyone doesn't need a full reminder of what's been happening in our country, but for the short notes, President Trump hasn't exactly been presidential when it comes to handling the protests. He Twittered and tweeted and Facebooked and Snapchatted, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. That was the quote that really set the internet on fire. Right. And 
I'm still in shock that he actually said that, you know, those exact words. I just feel like that promotes violence. And we know looting is controversial um, on the internet right now. But for him to bring up that aspect, I just personally didn't think it was right for him to do that. Right. So, you know, everybody had thoughts and feelings on this. So let's take a peek at how the platforms handled this. Okay. Twitter started attaching, quote unquote, warning labels to his posts. Right. So, for instance, think of like if you go to the bodega and you buy a pack of cigarettes and that cigarette comes with a warning label that says you will die of cancer. Same concept here. Snapchat shadow banned him from Discover. If you're not an Instagram addict, you're probably like, what the fuck is shadow banning? Basically, it just means that he's been blocked from the Explore page so that new people aren't seeing his content come up. And, you know, Facebook has a whole slew of activity, none of which is necessarily moving in the right direction. Their employees are pissed with a capital P. We've seen, you know, 500 of them or so stage a walkout, speak out publicly, resign. Yeah, no, capital P is right. I would be too, I think. And I was reading up more on this because, you know, I love me some tea. It's tea time (laughs) (laughs) all the time. And so I found out that 5,500 employees and counting are actually demanding for Zuckerberg to take down Trump's post. Isn't that wild? That's so crazy. But I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to see that he's going against the grain when you have almost 6,000 employees asking for you to take a post down or label a post. You have people quitting. You have people not showing up for work and staging a walkout to stand with the protesters. Like, that should be sending some kind of a message to Mark Zuckerberg, right? Right. Like 6,000 people, you know, telling you, hey, this isn't right. This is something you should consider more. That's really impressive, though, I think. Like, what if, like, no one worked at Facebook tomorrow? I mean, they probably have several thousand employees, but still, that's a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. And so at a recent internal meeting, um, you know, like these employees, they were actually voting as to, like, what kind of discussion topic they'd have for their agenda, for their meeting. And so the most broad-up question was apparently, can we please change our policies around political free speech? Fact-checking and removal of hate speech shouldn't be exempt for politicians. Okay, so let me get this straight. Yeah. When Facebook has internal employee company-wide meetings, they let people vote on what items they want to hit the agenda? Is that how it works? Yeah, exactly. And that was the most voted question. So obviously, like a lot of the employees think this is such an important topic to discuss. Good. Well, I'm glad that they're standing up to him. I don't understand how Zuckerberg can be like so checked out right now, but hopefully something good comes of them, you know, making their voices heard. Yeah, no, agreed. And employees like started even questioning if Zuck was, and I quote, this is this is so funny to me, but if he was in an abusive relationship with Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I can, like, kind of see that. It, it feels like, who? Do, okay, wait, hold on. Who do you think is the boyfriend and who do you think is the girlfriend? I guess it doesn't have to be a heterosexual relationship. Like, <laughs> abuse could come, you know, in all different types of genders dating. But right. I feel like Trump is really kind of in control here. Like, if Trump and Zuckerberg are going head-to-head in a duel... The executive order that Trump has really is holding a lot of leverage over Zuckerberg. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's kind of like Trump is the controlling boyfriend who's like, hey, you can't post this or hey, you can't talk to these guys. Zuckerberg is just like, I mean, OK, you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're right, because I know that Facebook does have company wide policies on violence. 
I mean, what posts are going too far? And some of his employees I was reading have said that he keeps moving the goalpost of what is or isn't acceptable further and further out. And I feel like that's coming as a direct result of the crazy shit that Trump is saying on his platform. Wow. Yeah. I feel like Zuckerberg is trying to play nice, you know, because he's scared of what would happen if they, you know, become liable for everything everybody says. And word on the street is that Zuckerberg and Trump had a series of private dinners last fall at the White House and in Zuck's Palo Alto pad. I don't know. I just feel like Zuckerberg cares more about making money moves right now than doing the right thing. What do you think? Yeah. And it's all about business right now then. You know, like that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. And like every other big company is showing us right now that it's not all about business and what's going on in the world actually matters to them. So mm. just like... How is Facebook taking such an opposite standpoint? Is he donating? We need to like scrutinize this further. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So more on that later, guys. We finally have some good news. 2020 has just been like the craziest year, probably the most challenging year that anybody who is alive on this earth right now has ever lived through. I'm 33. I just outed myself. There you go. (laughs) But (laughs) yes, and I'm still wearing a tie-dye t-shirt that my sister made in high school. So I look like a teen, but I'm not. But yeah, this is like for sure the hardest year that I've personally had to live through career-wise, personal-wise. The good news is... That was like a really long tangent. But the good news is (laughs) Minneapolis is finally taking a big step in the right direction. So just this week, a veto-proof majority of the city council in Minneapolis voted to dismantle their policing system. Let me break that down for you. Basically, they felt that the whole police system was too far gone to be reformed. What's really interesting is I've seen a lot of sources mention that Minneapolis had like a deep history of racism in their police department. So this seems like a massive step in the right direction or possibly the only step in the right direction. Sidebar, Naomi, have you ever been to Minneapolis? I have not. Have you? I have twice. I don't even know how anyone could be outside in Minneapolis long enough to commit a crime. (laughs) Freezing there. Both times when I went was actually in winter. One was like several years ago back when I was working at the social media marketing firm I was at. And I went to go meet a client. My ex-fiance came with me. I know nobody like knows that about me. We stayed at like this trendy W hotel, like maybe it's in an old refurbished train station. It was very chic. I remember several espresso martinis and a couple of quick runs to Saks Fifth Avenue underground because there's these like tunnels where you can avoid the really aggressive weather. And then the last time I went was 2018, which, by the way, still feels like a lifetime ago. But I went for Super Bowl because I DJed at the Maxim party and a couple parties for Visa. I actually, like, was the last act right before Cardi B's performance at Maxim, which is, like, I should probably be using that as my claim to fame. Yeah, that's awesome. Cardi B is a queen. Cardi B is a wow. queen. Totally. She's a queen. But what really stuck out to me is it was literally so cold. It was I checked my phone. It actually said negative 26. So as I was leaving to just do the walk like from my hotel to the like party bus awkward situation that was picking me up. I like threw on an extra fur. So I was like literally wearing like a fur coat and a fur vest underneath. It was like the most ridiculous thing. I was still cold for those 10 seconds outside. Wow. So do you think the cold is worse than New York? Because New York's winter is bad. Oh, my God. New York ain't got shit on Minneapolis. Are you serious? Oh, my God. (laughs) God. No. No. It's like (gasps) negative 26. It's not even possible for me to describe to you what that feels like. 
But I digress. So reining us back in, (laughs) what you guys really came here for, we started looking into this a little bit more to understand what's going on in Minneapolis. So you hear a lot of people using the term defund the police right now. Um, We go further into this in our mini episode with my criminal justice reform lawyer friend, David. Um, But for now, what we learned is that on average, a city spends $354 per citizen on police a year. But in New York and D.C., those numbers shoot up to 900 and 500 respectively. And then the U.S. collectively spends $100 billion a year on policing and $80 billion a year on incarceration, which that is like almost $200 billion a year. Let me let that sink in. Oh, my goodness. Right? That sounded like a mini, like, finance podcast segment. I love that. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Back to stop, babe. Um, So Minneapolis got $189 million budget for police in 2020. This year, policing is apparently a very expensive part of cities' initiatives. I honestly didn't know it cost that much per citizen. Like, shooting up to $900, that's a crazy number to me. But, like, my question is, how do you think cities are even affording this kind of budget? You know, with, like, the coronavirus going on. What are your thoughts on that? Totally. So I think that's what's really interesting here is that, you know, cities are hurting, right? With coronavirus, every city's economy has basically been shut down for two to three months. When the economy is shut down and people aren't going out and spending, they're not going to Starbucks and buying their coffee, right? And the city makes like seven or eight percent tax every time you swipe your credit card. When you go buy lunch, when you go to Zara and you pick up a bunch of clothes to go out that weekend, all of those interactions that you have are collecting tax for the city. So with nobody going out and doing anything and people conserving their money, cities are starting to run a deficit and they're not going to be able to fully fund the budgets that they had planned for this year without tax dollars coming in. At first, I thought, you know, wow, that's not good. Cities aren't going to be able to meet their financial plans that they had laid out. And now I'm thinking this collision of events might be like the perfect storm to help create real change. Exactly. No, I love that. It's finally, you know, turning into a positive space now. So I really love that. And have you seen those memes on Instagram? Like 2020 is canceled or the other ones where 2020 is going to be a tough year to study in the textbook. (laughs) (laughs) They're so funny to me. I have a 2020 is canceled hat. Thank you, courtesy of Babe Rose. This is not an ad, but it is my favorite (laughs) hat right now. But totally, maybe it's like no longer canceled. Yeah, you know, thank you, Minneapolis. Right, so this is a good case in point to see how defunding the police goes in Minneapolis, what new systems they're going to build, and hopefully other cities, New York, etc., will take a page out of their book. So that leads us to our last story, which I would say is lighter, but it's actually a bit dark in kind of a chic way. Witchcraft is back in fashion. So you've probably heard people buzzing around the internet about TikTok witches, or at least I know I have, I actually sent a DM to the Sup Babe squad to ask my juniors what this is about. So our resident TikToker, Naomi, is going to give us a scoop. 
Yeah, that's me. Um, as you all know, I am a TikTok addict. It's getting bad, but you know, I'm in quarantine, so don't <laughs> judge me. <laughs> but like, I basically have been seeing such unique communities all over TikTok. Nicole, you have to get on TikTok soon, by the way. <laughs> I'm on there. I just like barely know how to use it. That's like a side <laughs> conversation. Maybe we'll do a whole mini episode. Yeah. So like back to like the unique communities that I've been seeing, I've been seeing like grandmas, grandpas going on and it's the cutest <laughs> thing. Like, they've been doing dances, challenges, and then I, Wait, when Nicole brought Jane up- Fonda, I feel like, made a TikTok and brought her workouts back, and it was, like, viral. Yeah, a lot of fitness TikToks are also- You're like, like who's Jane, Jane Fonda? She's, like, <laughs> someone from my mom's Jane. generation. No big deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, and like, when you told me about the witchcraft community, I started reading up more on that. And so Witchcraft 101, let me just break it down for you here. So wait, Naomi, before you break down Witchcraft 101, just wanted to quickly pop in. Like people are searching for terms about identifying as witches. So we know that this is a trend on the rise. Can you tell us a little bit about what it means to be a witch? Yeah, let me give you that 101 now. So just a couple of facts on New Age witches. They can worship one god, multiple gods, or no gods at all. And second, they can, they use spell work and rituals, you know, from the comfort of their own home, and they have books to do this. And it's also a customizable practice that helps deepen their connection to their personal spirituality. So that was super interesting to read about. And they also claim that they develop intuition through meditation. Isn't that cool? If literally using meditation to develop intuition makes you a witch, then like, obviously I am technically a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Meditation is like the only way I'm able to like form ideas anymore in this crazy hectic world we're living in right now. For sure. You're in the witchcraft vibe check now. <laughs> the, the witch I'm I did I pass the witchcraft vibe check? You did. You sure did. <laughs> so basically I started looking into this more too. And there's a bunch of mainstream witches, like people that we follow, we love, Lana Del Rey, Azalea Banks, Lord Elvis Presley. By the way, Elvis Presley, how random yeah. is that? <laughs> right? I did not expect that. <laughs> totally. Um, but also, like, I kind of feel like the media is calling anyone who owns, like, a shiny collection of crystals a witch, like Sam Smith, Adele, like me, I have, like, a collection of a... Uh, Rose quartz and amethyst, and I forget what the other one's even called, but on my desk, it just, like, makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) According to Katy Perry, though, she carries rose quartz with her because it attracts men. Maybe I should get some now. I definitely It's been a little lonely. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. And, you know, going back to what you said about, like, Lana Del Rey and Lord, thinking about their music, it kind of does give me that, like, witch vibe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like deep, dark emo. Like, it's a little witchy. I feel that. Not Katy Perry, though. Katy Perry, like, Katy Perry is the opposite of witchy. She's, like, poppy. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's so interesting. And did you know, (laughs) in 2017, Lana Del Rey actually tried to use witchcraft. Okay, and this is so funny to me, but she tried to use witchcraft to get rid of Trump. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, she literally tweeted... And I quote, at the stroke of midnight, February 24, March 26, April 24, May 23, ingredients can be found online. Wow. Okay. So she was like mobilizing her squad of witches to like have everybody send Trump bad juju? I guess. But like, 
it's so funny to me because they're not like complete sentences. So I'm just like, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah, that's like really cryptic. We need to look more into that and see if that works. I hope that that like still works in this coming year's election, although we don't get too <laughs> political here. So I will check right. myself on that. And so, guys, we wanted to take a sec before signing off for our Whatcha Watchin' show segment to bring a little levity and joy into your homes right now. Without spoiling too much of the fun, we're going to chat about Upload. Um, It's an ode to the future using everything technologically advanced. You just watched it this past weekend, right, Naomi? I did. Yeah, you told me about it. And I was like, okay, let me hop on the trend. And I really like the futuristic vibe. I, I'm just really drawn into shows like that. Yeah, it's like, it kind of makes you think like, okay, oh my God, what if I was there? Like, would I use this? Would I do that? Like, there were so many futuristic things, but what was your favorite? Yeah. Oh like self-driving cars. Lot. That's like already happening, right? Right. But that low-key scares me a little too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But what's yeah. your favorite, like futuristic perk from the show definitely the phones where it's like a hologram when you like pull out your hand the phone just pops up I love that yes okay so basically it's like you're wearing your apple watch you put up your your first finger and your thumb and then all of a sudden the phone screen like pops up before your eyes I mean that just seems so convenient right I know yeah and like I leave my phone everywhere so Definitely a bonus. <laughs> so my favorite thing was being able to fart perfume. Like, I don't fart a lot, obviously. But, like, if I'm going to fart, I'd rather fart Yves Saint Laurent or something nice. <laughs> Ooh, she's bougie. She's, she's bougie. <laughs> what did you think about the condoms that require mutual consent? Wait, I didn't get up to that. Oh, my God. Okay, so which episode are you on? Okay, I'm the slowest binge watcher. I'm only on episode two. <laughs> okay. So we're not going to spoil any more for our listeners, but just to reel it back in a little, guys, Upload is about a man who's able to choose his own afterlife after an untimely death in a self-driving vehicle, and it's kind of like how he moves through life, how, how he navigates his relationship with his girlfriend that he left on Earth. It's also kind of like a rom-com, so if you're looking for something lighter, little more gentle, a little um, funnier and less thought-provoking. This is a great thing to check out. For sure. So if you loved what you heard today, please hit subscribe, hit five stars, you know, leave us a little review if you could. That would be amazing. Add us on Instagram at DJ Nicole Rosé, at Sup Babe Pod, and at Naomi X Lee. Hope we've brightened your day, but that's all for now. You can tune in Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to Sup Babe for your daily dose of good news. We can't wait till next time. XOXO. Stay tuned. <laughs>